Hey friends, this is Dixon Kavanaugh, and welcome to another episode of Out Loud with Dixon, where we will explore wisdom, get creative, and better appreciate this fun, chaotic, and beautiful world that we live in. First and foremost, thank you to the listeners of the podcast who have donated through the Patreon page and crypto donation link in the show notes. The support really means a lot, and it helps spread this message of great books and learning to more and more people. So your actions really do make a difference. The other day, around dinner time, I was sitting down to read and I was trying to decide which book to read. Working with the podcast, I'm typically reading around three books at a time. And it occurred to me that each book has its own level of consciousness, its own energy. And that energy and way of looking at the world is imbued into the pages by the author. I realized that a particular book can only bring you to its level of consciousness, its depth of understanding. It's like a mountain with a 1,000 foot peak. It can only take you that high and no further. When we pick up a book, we step into that world. We become the author and feel what they feel. So when a friend asked me how I choose books, I told them that I choose books according to the ones with the highest consciousness, the most understanding. Another way to frame this idea is that the author can't give you what they themselves don't have. So on the path of personal development and learning, choose tall mountains. And today's mountain, today's reading and passage, comes from the book King, Warrior, Magician, Lover by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette. And I ordered this book after listening to an awesome roundtable discussion from the Aubrey Marcus podcast. In fact, I liked that episode so much, it'll be provided in the show notes so that you can check it out. And it will give you an idea of the type of media and entertainment that I enjoy when not reading books, of course. King, Warrior, Magician, Lover is all about exploring archetypes of the human psyche particularly masculine archetypes that have existed since the dawn of human civilization. But what the heck is an archetype? The essential idea, as formulated by the famous psychologist Carl Jung, is that humans are not born an empty slate, but rather have pre-existing structures and emotional patterns that form the building blocks for our behavior and how we see the world. A key point is that these archetypes are sources of psychological and spiritual energy and that they are lens in which we can understand ourselves and the world. And they are stories as old as humankind. Different people will resonate and identify with certain archetypes to varying degrees. But from the point of view of Jungian psychology, these archetypes exist in everyone. The question is then not whether you possess king or queen energy, or whether you can embody the warrior and a magician and lover, but rather in what ways are you already accessing that energy, and if you are accessing your inner potential in its fullness. The stories and depth of different archetypes is astounding, and for the purposes of today's episode, we will focus in on two key ideas the ritual transformation of boy psychology into man psychology, and the characteristics of king energy. And for the ladies listening, while this book definitely skews towards the masculine and was mostly intended for men, note that these archetypes exist in women just as much, often referred to as the queen, huntress, priestess, and lover archetypes. And lastly, 
Before we dive into the reading, I want to emphasize the point that archetypes are helpful stories, but they are still just stories. As humans, we naturally tell stories about ourselves and the world we are in. It's been said that to be human is to tell a story. In essence, things happen and we give those events meaning. I try not to think of these stories as true or untrue, but rather helpful or unhelpful. I see different stories as colorful, psychic portals that we can choose to step into and will color the lenses with which we see the world. In this light, all stories are equally true, but some help us grow and live lives of service and creativity, while others recycle fear, jealousy, and pain. So in the case of mountains and stories, choose wisely. And with that, gather around the campfire, listen close, and join me as we journey into the story of King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. Chapter 1. The Crisis in Masculine Ritual Process We hear it said of some man that he just can't get himself together. What this means, on a deep level, is that so-and-so is not experiencing, and cannot experience, his deep, cohesive structures. He's fragmented. Various parts of his personality are split off from each other, and leading fairly independent and often chaotic lives. A man who cannot get it together is a man who has probably not had the opportunity to undergo ritual initiation into the deep structures of manhood. He remains a boy, not because he wants to, but because no one has shown him the way to transform his boy energies into man energies. No one has led him into direct and healing experiences of the inner world of the masculine potentials. A good, explicit example of this can be found in the movie The Emerald Forest. Here, a white boy has been captured and raised by Brazilian Indians. One day, he's playing in the river with a beautiful girl. The chief has noticed his interest in the girl for some time. This awakening of sexual interest in the boy is a signal to the wise chief. He appears on the riverbank with his wife and some of the tribal elders and surprises Tommy at play with the girl. The chief booms out, Tommy, your time has come to die. Everyone seems profoundly shaken. The chief's wife, playing the part of all women, of all mothers, asks, must he die? The chief threateningly replies, yes. Then, we see a firelit nighttime scene in which Tommy is seemingly tortured by the older men in the tribe and forced into the forest vines. He's being eaten alive by jungle ants. He writhes in agony, his body mutilated in the jaws of the hungry ants. We fear the worst. Finally, the sun comes up, and Tommy, still breathing, is taken down to the river by the men and bathed. The clinging ants washed from his body. The chief then raises his voice and says, The boy is dead and the man is born. And with that, he is given his first spiritual experience, induced by a drug blown through a long pipe into his nose. He hallucinates and in his hallucination discovers his animal soul, an eagle, 
and soars above the world in new and expanded consciousness, seen as if from a god's eye view the totality of his jungle world. Then he is allowed to marry. Tommy is a man, and as he takes on a man's responsibilities and identity, he is moved first into the position of a brave in the tribe, and then into the position of chief. It can be said that life's perhaps most fundamental dynamic is the attempt to move from a lower form of experience and consciousness to a higher or deeper level of consciousness, from a diffuse identity to a more consolidated and structured identity. All of human life at least attempts to move forward along these lines. We seek initiation into adulthood, into adult responsibilities and duties toward ourselves and others, into adult joys and adult rights, and into adult spirituality. The ritual process, like the one in the Emerald Forest, is there to enable the children to achieve what we would call calm, secure maturity. End quote. Chapter 5. The King Quote, what can we say are the characteristics of the good king? Based on ancient myths and legends, what are the qualities of this mature, masculine energy? The king archetype, in its fullness, possesses the qualities of order, of reasonable and rational patterning, of integration and integrity in the masculine psyche. It stabilizes chaotic emotion and out-of-control behaviors. It gives stability and centeredness. It brings calm. And in its fertilizing and centeredness, it mediates vitality, life force, and joy. It brings maintenance and balance. It defends our own sense of inner order, our own integrity of being and of purpose, our own central calmness about who we are, and our essential unassailability and certainty in our masculine identity. It looks upon the world with a firm but kindly eye. It sees others in all their weakness and in all their talent and worth. It honors them and promotes them. It guides them and nurtures them toward their own fullness of being. It is not envious because it is secure as the king in its own worth. It rewards and encourages creativity in us and in others. This is the energy that expresses itself through you when you are able to keep your cool when everybody else in the meeting or in the world is losing theirs. This is the voice of calm and reassurance. The encouraging word in a time of chaos and struggle. This is the clear decision after careful deliberation that cuts through the mess in the family, at work, in the nation, and in the world. This is the energy that seeks peace and stability, orderly growth, and nurturing for all people. And not only for all people, but for the environment, the natural world. The king cares for the whole realm and is the steward of nature as well as of human society. This is the energy manifested in ancient myths of the shepherd of his people and the gardener and husbandman of the plants and animals in the kingdom. This is the voice that affirms, clearly and calmly and with authority, the human rights of all. This is the energy that minimizes punishment and maximizes praise. This 
is the voice from the center, the primeval hill within every man. End quote. All right, and we are back. Dang, these are some pretty cool stories. A young boy getting sent on a psychedelic spirit journey after being eaten up by ants? Nasty. And what's his talk about the king bringing order from the primeval hill? This is a shared mythological story, or archetype, in which the Egyptian god Ta, spelled P-T-A-H, who spoke the world into existence out of an ocean of chaos. It's our psychological stronghold that radiates vitality and creation into the world. Are we doing our best to recognize others for their talent? To encourage greatness in others and in ourselves? This is a key aspect of the king energy. After I graduated college, I spent time traveling Japan, and a good portion of it was spent in the southern islands biking and camping. And I was extremely confused and angry and seemingly lost in an ocean of chaos. I lacked direction, I wasn't having fun, and I was stuck asking myself, what the hell am I doing here? But then I started reading The Alchemist, and the story of the shepherd boy, Santiago, who travels to Africa with money he has saved up, and on his first day is lied to, cheated out of all of his money, left broke, alone, and in a foreign country. And to read a passage from that story, quote, He realized that he had to choose between thinking of himself as the poor victim of a thief and as an adventurer in quest of his treasure. I'm an adventurer looking for treasure. End quote. And that's what I did, right there on the island of Shikoku in the land of the rising sun. I dropped the old story and adopted the new one. If it feels right for you, how can you breathe life into your story, into your divine energy, and make the conscious shift into one of adventure, healing, and curiosity? Breathing in and breathing out. Above all else, remember... Live with presence, confidence, and love.